the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, your real 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to the program. We're doing it live in the green room on L.A. Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program. You know the number to dial. That's the Legal Zoom self-help hotline, 323-203-0815. And, of course, this show is being brought to you today by LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom, the leader in self-help legal services. You don't have to go to a lawyer. You don't have to pay some fat cat in a high-priced office with a big desk, having three <laughs> martini lunches. You know he's just taking your hard-earned cash. He's going out golfing. He's using it to support his affair with his secretary. You don't you don't want to support that. You want to do it yourself. That's what this country was made on. That's what this country was built on, the do-it-yourself, hard-working spirit. And you can do that at LegalZoom.com. It's a self-help legal service. You're going to save up to 85% off what you would normally pay. Normal retail. Only suckers pay retail. And besides getting 85% off, you're actually going to get an extra discount when you enter green in the checkout box. So make sure you check out LegalZoom.com. Trademarks, patents, wills, LegalZoom.com has it all. Speaking of the complete package, I'd like to welcome my left-hand man on the show, Logan Leistico. Logan, thanks for being on the show. Hey. <laughs> uh, Logan, Logan, you never disappoint. You never disappoint. And, uh, wow, a couple quick notes before we uh, introduce our guest here and really get rolling. I incorrectly stated last program I was saying that we had set a record for July downloads. I had mistakenly looking. I was um, mistakenly glanced at the June downloads. The June downloads were a record, but then that record was then shattered by the actual July records by an increase of 40%. So I want to say thank you to all the listeners, everyone checking out the show. I appreciate the support. I really enjoy doing this, and uh, you know anything you guys can do to help as far as getting the word out. I know I appreciate it. I know Logan. You I know. definitely appreciate it. Logan's got a family to take care of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we all we all appreciate that. Man, so much to get to on the show. I'd like to welcome our guest comic for the evening, the guy, hit, you know, hanging out, chilling, the Spuds McKenzie of stand-up, my man, Adam Jacobs. Adam, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, no problem, man. Party time. That, that it is. Anytime Adam Jacobs is around, a par- party ensues. I, thanks for coming on, Adam. Right around the corner. Party, party patrol. So, uh, man, where to where to start off here? Hard Knocks premiered last night. I don't know. Did you guys uh, get a chance to watch it? I think I actually watched it with Logan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, was, I did. It was awesome. First of all, Rex Ryan is like the coolest guy ever. Oh, seriously. He dropped more f bombs in a minute than I've ever heard on TV <laughs> ever. Right. It, it is. It is. <laughs> I know. I know. You just sound like a little kid, but it's like 
to, to see a grown-up curse like that, because he, he, he totally reminds, he takes me back to that experience when you're in third grade, you're playing tackle football for the first time, and you hear your coach just cursing yeah. and saying all this crazy stuff, and you're like, oh my god, that guy's an adult, and he's just using the F word like crazy, yeah. oh man, like, and he says, he says mean stuff, and he kicks guy, you know, he's just, yeah. he's a crazy Great. animal, and seeing this gray-haired, 300-pound guy with just giant giant chin Jowls. basically yeah no, yeah <laughs> jolly he's the, he's the prototypical NFL coach he's the he's the exact guy you want to be an NFL coach he talks crap on other teams he comes out he's like yeah of course we're going to win the super bowl yeah. why else would why else would i be here of course we're the i'm going to win the super bowl fucking jets and everybody fucking knows it you know yeah. like we don't give a fuck if you don't know it <laughs> yeah, it's like, we will beat your ass like that was one of, ass. that was one fucking of his speeches ass. <laughs> Yeah, he's just he, he just gets in your face as a as a fan. You love that. You're like, "Yes! Yes! I know I, it's weird. We've gotten we're in this weird place where we don't want showboating. We don't want you know, that that crazy um, you know, showing off or whatever, but as a fan, you do enjoy the smack talking. You it's like we're paying you 5 million dollars a year to play football. Have some confidence. You should yeah. think you're winning the Super Bowl every year. When they ask you, "Are you going to beat that team?" Yeah, why not? And and oh my God, I love how it's front page news. Rex Ryan guarantees Super Bowl. If you're if you're not gonna if you're not gonna if you don't think you're gonna win the Super Bowl, yeah, why so you great. bother showing don't up? Even, don't so even great. play the game. Just don't. Just stay home. But it's it's also the fact that he really is loving it and having the most fun he can with it. You know, yeah. he yeah. loves his job. Like you know, he's he's taking it seriously, but in the right way. Like. It, it, it is it's, it's all about attitude you do enjoy seeing a guy and obviously he's playing to the cameras but it is funny to see a 50 year old 300 pound guy play to the cameras you're like all right <laughs> if you want if you want to be a ham and punt balls all over the place and make he's just you know the constant fat jokes about himself you gotta love that in a, and he hates nancy boys yeah exactly like, <laughs> one guy had like a four tanning oil he's like he's oh, like yeah. you're, you're fine five dollars for having this nancy boy tanning cream <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I guess they probably couldn't say uh, fag on HBO, yeah, exactly. so they, exactly. they they made him okay. Uh, Rex, come on, we're gonna just have you call the assistant coaches Nancy boys <laughs> yeah, from exactly. now on. That was great when they they reviewed game footage and they saw the SPF four that you were talking about. He tried to defend it. No, this is just lower level sunscreen. He's like, it says tanning oil right here, five dollar fine. <laughs> and then he finds himself for eating snacks. I should do that myself. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a poor sob if I had freaking find myself every time I ate a illegal snack. Yeah. Well, that was that was another another great moment. All the weird finds. They find the other coach. I think the guy who enjoyed tanning. He also find him another five or ten bucks for jogging shirtless. <laughs> Which is just terrible. like, come on, <laughs> can't do that. And one it, of my one of my coaches in high school did that. He was the only coach that like would run laps with us, which was kind of weird. But he would also take his <laughs> shirt off. And uh, he eventually got kicked out for sexually harassing several girls. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he was totally just owning. <laughs> Shit, I guess. Yeah, well, he's confident. He knows. Hey, may as well show it, right? I'm a, I'm a football coach. It was funny watching the Rex Ryan yell at his players and talk about, we're gonna go in that dark alley. It's gonna be a knife fight. We're gonna go in there. And I was listening to this. I was like, oh my god, this is the exact same coach speech that I got freshman year in high school. My coach would always use the, uh, we're going to a dark alley. That was his, uh, his yeah. pregame speech every time. We're going into a dark alley. There's gonna be bottles. There's gonna be chairs. There's gonna be more bottles. Like he, he wasn't he wasn't a great storyteller, but he always he always used the we're going to a dark alley and you gotta you gotta watch your back, man. 
You gotta have your teammates. Or I, I would still, you want in that alley with you? I was talking about he. He always used to do this other move where he would. I remember we grew up in uh, Bethlehem, which is a, the team was mixed racially. You had some black guys, Puerto Rican guys, and then we would uh, some of the teams we would play would be up in the Pocono Mountains, where it would just be these all white teams. And I'll never forget the one the one game he comes he comes into the uh, into the pregame into the locker room. He's just pacing up and down. He's like. Oh. And I don't, I don't even know if I can repeat what I just heard those mountain boys say about you guys. <laughs> I don't know if I can repeat what those mountain boys just done said about you, Terrell. What they said about you, Ahmad. You're going to let them say that about your teammate. And then he listed all these supposed racial slurs that, they, <laughs> that these guys said. You know, well, I, I believe really everything. he came up with? Yeah, I'm sure he just made it all up. But I'm like firing out in the three-point stance. I'm like, you can't say that about Ahmad. Who do you think you're kidding, Mountain Boys? <laughs> we didn't say that at all. Coach is like on a border of starting a race right? And one of the stories in the Hard Knocks program, the Jets, one of their uh, they picked up they picked up a lot of free agents. One of the free agents, of course, being Santonio Holmes, former receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He ended up getting traded and they got him at a great deal it was a bargain because santonio holmes he's had some off the field issues mostly with drugs he got busted for weed again and he got handed down a four-game suspension so the pittsburgh steelers santonio holmes black guy wide receiver gets suspended four games for marijuana possession same team different position ben roethlisberger basically all right, allegedly rape this chick. He gets suspended for four games. Pittsburgh Steelers are like, all right, it's a re- hey, we'll give him another chance. See, this is his, he's already had two rape. You know, once you get accused for rape twice, I think I think the third chance should be off the table. And what does it say about the NFL that a guy, a, a, a black guy smokes a plant, he's out for four games. A white guy allegedly rapes a chicken. All right, yeah, that seems four games is fair. Are you kidding me? No, it's obvious <laughs> that in the NFL, uh, one weed case is equal to two rapes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is cool. That's cool with me. I mean, I'm into that. They're such, they're such hypocrites, the NFL, about their whole suspension thing. Uh, <laughs> Michael Vick. How long was Michael Vick out of the league? Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile it was just an animal, for Christ's sake. And you look at Ben Roethlisberger actually ruining human lives, and he's only out for four games. I've said this once. I'll say it a million times. If you said to me, Logan, Logan, ask me. I guess I would. All right, Logan, if you came up to me and said, Sean, what would you rather have? Would you rather have me take your dog out of your yard and brutally fight it to the death? Or would you like me to break into your house and take the sacredness of your daughter and rape her, I would say, yeah. All right, take the dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the it's dog's so... out back. Exactly. Take the dog, for Christ's sake. All right, here's some uh, here's some audio from Rex he's Ryan in the New York Jets training camp. Just guy, and he's funny enough. I mean, you can do hard knocks on just Rex and have plenty of material. Just having a blast, you know, but that knows how to get work done. And he makes you want to come to work every day. First off, you got to love Rex Ryan just because his dad, Buddy Ryan, was such a badass coach. He coached the Philadelphia Eagles at the height of their their amazing defense. And also, 
I think you got to credit him. He was the first coach, or the only coach I know, that was an assistant coach for the Houston Oilers. He punched the offensive coordinator in the face during a game. On the sideline. It was awesome. <laughs> How awesome is that? And they just kept playing. Nothing happened. They finished the game. He was, he's, a, he's a bad dude. He's just a tough guy. His his other son coaches, too. He was the, he was the defensive coordinator of the Raiders and somewhere else, too. And they're both just big they just, looking they just love defense. Yeah. They love wings. They love smashing <laughs> stuff. How do you not love these guys? And do your best. How can you not play your heart out for that guy? I'm Rex Ryan, the head football coach of the New York Jets. Coach Ryan's expectations is to win. I love the music. It's like the same soundtrack for Saving Private Ryan. Just like super dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, they're storming Normandy. Now they're just pushing a sled. Plain and simple. And from day one, maybe that surprised people, you know. To me, why shouldn't we go for the championship? Why wouldn't I think we shouldn't win it all? We should win it all. Now, if you're a gambling guy, you got to bet against the Jets just because you know the line is going to jump up because all these people, I'm myself being one of them, Going into the show before the show started, I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I think the Jets are gonna fold, man. I, I don't think they're gonna have a great season." After I watched the first episode, I was like, "Jets, baby, they're going all yeah, the way." Yeah, sure. I'm a just, diehard Eagles fan, but I'm just you get brainwashed by this awesome HBO programming. Yeah, I, was, I was the same way last year with, this, with the Bengals. I was like, yeah. "Oh, oh watch out for the Bengals! Watch out for yeah. the Bengals!" Yeah, and you try to act like they're a sleeper team, like no one else watched this <laughs> hugely popular show on HBO. Like, I don't know, guys. I kind of got some inside info. <laughs> Jets want to be the most physical football team in the league, and we'll we'll play in a parking lot, we'll play in an alley, we don't care where we play. And we'll... <laughs> I really want to, no, I really want to call him out on that. All right, the green room is officially challenging the New York Football Jets to some sort of game in the 7-Eleven parking lot in Burbank, California. I'd like to see them. Hey. You want to be world champs? You got to go through Burbank. Well, let's make it a Ralph's parking lot. All right. Just to be fair. Yeah, give them a little more space. Our goal is to win the Super Bowl. We don't care if you like it or not. (laughs) Hard Knocks, training camp with the New York Jets. Premieres Wednesday, August 11th. God bless Rex Ryan. What an amazing man. Yeah, I do love that. We'll we'll play you anywhere. We'll play you with anything. Like just throwing out any any sort of attack that they can. Helmets? We don't need helmets. They're for, they're for pussies. <laughs> we'll do it our way. Do it our way. We don't care. We'll take it anywhere. <laughs> take it in the dark alley. I love that. Love that macho stuff. Just watch that. It makes you realize how awful soccer is. You could never do this with soccer. They would. No one would ever want to watch hard knocks for soccer because there is no hard knocks. <laughs> There's no contact. Hard knocks. A couple guys shin pads knocking together. Ooh, look out! <laughs> watch these guys run laps for an extended period of time. <laughs> oh my God! This lanky guy got dehydrated. Dramatic music. <laughs> Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Speaking of work, this man, we all, uh, it's all over the news. All over the news. Can't can't get away from this man. He's becoming a star. Steve, Steven Slater, got on the flight's announcement system and allegedly cursed out everyone on the plane, especially the person who mouthed out to him, according to law enforcement sources. I'm, of course, talking about the JetBlue guy. Awesome. Literally told everyone to take this job and shove it. He, um, I, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's familiar, but I'll, I'll quickly recap it. He was on a, a JetBlue flight. He's a stewardess. Uh, that's what I call them. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Another, sorry. Call another. me old-fashioned, but uh, if, you, if you have a high-pitched voice and you work on the plane and you're not the captain, you're a stewardess. I believe Rex Ryan calls him Nancy boys. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, yeah, he's a, he's a Nancy boy. And so he's on there. He's doing his thing. And I guess... I guess he's kind of high-strung, and why wouldn't you be? You're a flight attendant. 
it's a stressful job, I guess. And they get down there, they land. Someone's trying to get their bag off too early. He tells them to sit down. Then the guy's still taking his bag out, and I guess he ends up hitting the flight attendant in the head. And then the the flight attendant demands an apology from the person. The person refuses to give him the apology. First off, I, I'm not one of those guys who demands an apology. In my mind, if I have to ask you for the apology, that means you're not sorry. Yeah. Like, what's, <laughs> the, what's the whole point of, Logan, apologize for taking that bag down? All right, I'm fucking sorry. Yeah. Get out of my face. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you're not sorry. I know you're not sorry if you demand an apology from someone. So he he grabs the PA system and said, oh, you called me an mf -er, uh F to everyone. <laughs> Then he did basically a scene out of a beer commercial. He grabbed two beers, pulled the emergency chute, slid out the slide, and walked off. <laughs> they just just shrugging on a course like, big, big, big. That's the way to do it. Exit was stopped. Threw his luggage down first. <laughs> so Someone he, got out of Bud Light, and he was like, here we go. <laughs> and then he just yeah. went nuts. Some sweet would, party music comes on. Well, yeah, I mean, this really is a scene out of a beer commercial. You, We've seen that Bud Light commercial where the scientists are hanging out, and then, uh, oh, my God, the asteroid's coming right for us. There's only one thing we can do. And they pop out the Bud Light, and they have a huge party. You're like, this guy's, you know, the same thing. He got back into a corner. There's only one thing I can do. Grab the Bud Light. Make an emergency exit. <laughs> I would just love if Bud Light or some other beer company got behind uh, Steve Slater and was like, all right, yeah, okay. Seriously. And just, you know, put up all the money for his defense. This is uh, this is pretty great. So, of course, they, they go after him. It sounded like they, it was like an, there was a huge manhunt going after this guy. He was uh, – <laughs> Damn. Slater was later arrested at his home in Bell Harbor, Queens by Port Authority officials. He was and found Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. <laughs> He always gets his man. <laughs> he was found by police in a sexual embrace with his partner, sources. <laughs> oh, man. That must like kicked down the door. Wow. Oh, man. And I, I just feel bad for this partner because you know all the built-up rage that he had on that flight and all that <laughs> anger and 28 years oh. of taking down all that luggage. I felt like it all came out on that guy. <laughs> oh, literally. But uh, the, I love how my, my other favorite move, or I, actually something I'm kind of getting tired of, is how the news media, like, when these people become popular, these instant kind of web celebrities, then immediately on Facebook, there's, hey, I, I'm a fan of Steve Slater. Steve Slater is the man. There was a Steve Slater for president group going. And then the news reports on this. Like, it's actual news, stuff that happens on Facebook. We've gotten wow. to a point where the news is... And his popularity has emerged as a web phenom with groups all all around the world coming together to like what Steve Slater did. Who likes this guy? Yeah. Who who likes that? The guy took his job, basically flushed his career down the tube. He just clicked a thumbs up to the story. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> right. People people it's weird in the in the traditional news media they act like, okay, we're rallying behind this guy. No, someone saw like, oh, so and so likes Steve Slater too. Okay, I like a guy who tells his boss to f off. All right, I'll, I'll click like. I'm yeah. not gonna support him. I'm not gonna write him a letter. There, there are actually some <laughs> psychos out there that are putting together a Steve Slater legal defense fund. You don't know this guy. You don't know his backstory. This guy could be an awful guy. He could just be a dick. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't know that he was a he was a great stewardess going up to this. You have no idea what what this guy's into or what he what he's capable of, and you're, you just want to blindly support him because he became instantly famous like oh hey he's a twitter trending topic i'll get behind that like why would you just blindly support this guy <laughs> oh, so he's a symbol sean <laughs> symbol of freedom i just and get I have angry. my reasons 
It reminded me. I'm sure they have the reason. <laughs> reminded me of a uh, classic flight attendant story. I was going on a well. I'll, I'll deem it a classic. I like to deem my own stories as classics. I was going on a uh, cross country flight. I was flying from uh, Philadelphia back to L.A. And I had gotten my mom was nice enough to get me a, a pair of headphones, and they were in this really, you know how everything these days comes in that really crazy plastic packaging. It's vacuum pack, yeah. Right, that vacuum pack that's insanely hard to get open. You have to get like a, a bread knife and jab at it. Anyway, so I get there and I don't have any way to open it. I want to use these noise canceling headphones on the flight. Can't open it. Doing my best to rip it open. I walk up to the gate agent, and I go to the guy. Hey, man, um, do you have a pair of scissors in there? You know, because they have that little desk there. Opens it up, starts sorting around, looking, okay, uh, no, I can't. And then this real, real uptight bitch overhears this, walks over and goes, is there a, is there a problem over here? It's like, no, I just, uh, just asked this guy if he had a pair of scissors so I could open my box of headphones. <laughs> oh, where were you on 9-11? Whoa. Oh, I was hanging out in the South Tower. Why? Did something happen, lady? <laughs> uh, I was sitting at home not being involved in a industry where the lack security directly <laughs> in, was involved in that. First off, if was we there can't... some sort of scissors catastrophe on 9-11? Okay, I get it. <laughs> All right, you're not allowed to have a box cutter. I get that. But if you're telling me the people that work for the airline, we can't trust them with a pair of scissors, <laughs> then what's the point of even running a goddamn airplane? <laughs> if you can't trust the guy, okay, hey, would you like a ginger ale? Ah, I'll stab you. If you can't trust the guy in a little <laughs> beverage cart handing out ginger ales and pretzels... Then what's the, why even have a security system? What's the whole point of it? They can still break those ginger ale bottles, you know, and use them as a glass <laughs> Yeah, those little, those, little, uh, mini, <laughs> those little mini bottles. You can make Greatest a Molotov job. cocktail. All paper at all airlines is now perforated, so it's easy for tearing. No scissors needed. So, they got that. <laughs> speaking of crazy guys, speaking of uh, stabbing, Charlie Sheen. Have you guys... Uh, you guys followed this Charlie Sheen story at all? Yeah, he held he held scissors or something to his to his ex-wife or wife, right? Well, according to his wife and uh, his his wife at the time, I, I think they're back together. I don't know. They're they're back and forth. She claims that uh, he he held her down and threatened to stab her, and that's why she called nine one one. This was on Christmas, and uh, you know then he spent some time in jail. He of course denied that. You know, they're going back and forth, but I guess this is according to a police report obtained by Access Hollywood. Sheen told authorities his argument with his wife started after she threatened to divorce him and take their children uh, with her, adding that the catalyst for the fight was the sharing of the train hit with one of his daughters. That's right. <laughs> she was jealous that he had a favorite song with one of the daughters, and that's what started the fight. Quote, you have a song you share with your daughter, but not one with me. Sheen claimed Mueller said, referring to the 2001 pop song, Drops Over Jupiter. <laughs> Which is hilarious, wow. because the only reason that comes up is that the song is on. So, you know, in the background, you just hear this, So tell me! And then you just picture Charlie Sheen grabbing her and allegedly holding a knife up to her neck. Train is the most relaxed, laid-back kind of pop band. If that's going to cause a problem... 
Yeah, like, how are you going to get through it, your life at all? That could in, be. Yeah, in 2004, I stabbed somebody during that song, too. Right. But for but different reasons. Because I hate that song. Because they put on the train song. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a creepy movie scene, you know. With that right, song because it's so, it's so yeah. opposite what you would expect a violent scene to take place. Sheen, de- <laughs> Sheen denied choking or holding a knife to her throat. Also in the police. Uh, also. In the police report, it was noted that there were two sober living coaches in the house during the incident, <laughs> which is, that's got to look great on their uh, their record. So hey, wait, how's the how's the sober living coach? Wait, and going? his wife was hammered too. Right, she was super <laughs> drunk. When, uh, and and uh, after they took her down to the police station, they, they gave her breathalyzer or whatever. Like three four hours after it happened, and she was still hammer time. Yeah, I can't imagine that. This is something that happens when you're sober. First, and you know they they both checked into rehab after the incident, yeah. which uh, this has got to look awful on the two sober living coaches. They right. Be the worst. Two yeah. Okay. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any uh, references for your uh, so uh, as a sober living coach? Yeah, I've worked with a uh, lot of lot of A list celebrities. <laughs> okay. And uh, are you f- familiar with uh, Charlie Sheen and his wife? Yeah, wait, didn't they uh, try to kill themselves in an alcohol and cocaine-induced rage? Yeah, I was there. Wait, (laughs) wait, you were there? Yeah, I I was tweeting about it. I also also, also worked with Anna Nicole Smith. So we're living coach. Just prior to her death. He works with everyone right before they die. Right. You want a sober living coach, get Rex Ryan. All right? Yeah. Get Rex Ryan. Get fired up. You're going into a dark alley. You know what you're d- going to do? Stay sober. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a lot of ribs and stay sober. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> Ann Nicole Smith. This was a great Hollywood moment. Ann Nicole Smith, of course, died from prescription overdose, which, um, okay, you, you realize that happens. The, the big thing in Hollywood is, in local Hollywood stores, in uh, dry cleaners or laundromats or whatever, they like to hang up the headshot of, oh, so-and-so celebrity comes here or or whatever. So they hang up the celebrity headshots. I went into this pharmacy, the uh, I don't know, it was a while back. <laughs> First off, it labeled itself as, as the pharmacy of the stars. <laughs> Just kind of a weird thing to go by. But you go there, and I was getting my uh, prescription filled for my inhaler. And you're going up there, you're looking, okay, all right, uh... Oh, that's you know you're looking at all the celebrities and Michael Julia White. Okay, you know you're like trying to figure out. Okay, what was his thing? And there were two. There were two Anne and Nicole signed headshots at the Pharmacy of the Stars. When you hear that wow. she's overdosed on Clonopin and whatever else she had in her system, isn't that time when you take yeah. the headshot down? Just that. Just that. I feel like that's poor taste to leave the Anne and Nicole headshot up. It was right. Yeah, part of history. Right, yeah, right next to the Robert Downey Jr. and, <laughs> yeah, <just> like, <laughs> and like every other scumbag who's done been. Terrible on painkillers and shit. Oh, man. Too funny. And, uh, okay, in related Sheen news, the actor was spotted at the Playboy Mansion over the weekend partying with Jamie Foxx, Hugh Hefner's sons, and Buzz Aldrin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buzz what Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin was in, like, France partying with uh, uh, Tara Reid. How hilarious is that? Oh, I want to hang out with that. No, first, first of all, Buzz Aldrin True. is at all the hot parties, it seems like. Buzz Aldrin is a fixture on the Hollywood scene, which is bizarre to say the it's least. Insane. He has it's he's awesome. had multiple plastic surgeries done. He's a very bizarre dude, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know why he's he's a part of the Hollywood scene, but he seems to be soaking it up. He's one of those guys that you hear like selling selling deals on condos and stuff. Like, yeah. Endorsed by Buzz Aldrin, you're taking the ma- majesty away from the moon, Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin literally went from walking on the moon to selling condo packages in Las Vegas. I didn't know and not that. even those like 
not even a legitimate condo one. It's one of those things where it's like, come stay in Las Vegas free with me, Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, it, oh. it's South Point. Like, you're like, <laughs> yeah. it was like 10 miles south of Vegas. Yeah, some yeah, some weird offshoot of Vegas that you haven't really heard of. Like, wait, how, how far off is that from the Strip? Wait. Don't worry about it. Buzz Aldrin's going to be there. <laughs> He'll take you to the moon. Will he talk about the moon? No, he he he. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't. He's done talking about the by moon. By law, NASA does not allow, allow him to talk about the moon. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we got to get to this. This was a great piece of audio I found. You know, in this age of technology, we're not missing anything. You know, when a- anyone has a story, there's almost always the accompanying video. I don't. First off, I don't know how the Steve Slater thing that happened without anyone recording that, but it did. But luckily, this this incident wasn't missed. So to, uh, to I, I don't want to give away too much. I feel like the, the the girl can say it in her own words. But this is a dad after a funny experience with his daughter, his three-year-old daughter, and he's getting his three-year-old daughter to retell the story. Daddy, mommy, snake it, and you, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, both of y'all. Okay, so what happened? That is not, I did not do that. And that's for Michael Gordon. <laughs> 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 that is crazy. This is very bizarre. Very crazy. Uh, uh, and daddy, and then daddy's playing Michael Gordon. And mommy's playing Michael Gordon. Both of them's playing Michael Gordon. Say, oh, 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 oh,
you, you don't want to see it's this coming. But besides that, the guy, I guess, this the porno dude, besides being a porno dude, he's also a aspiring rap artist. Like, he is a diehard. He's really into rap, really into rap music. When he puts out a porno DVD, he also releases a rap CD with it. Oh, hilarious. So here's some of the, here's some of the rap CD from... Um, Lawrence Fishburne's daughter and Brian Pumper. <laughs> Brian Pumper. Ah, <laughs> wow. oh, you look good. Yeah, you look pretty good yourself. <laughs> Damn, it's, it's crazy bumping into you. I was just thinking about you. Yeah. It's crazy bumping into you in this recording studio. We're also making a porno later. Well, I was thinking about you too, you know. Really? I was thinking about you the other day, just reminiscing, thinking about the... Uh, Good times we used to have. <laughs> no, he's just bullshitting. Yeah, especially the, you know what? The uh, sex. I was thinking, sex was you know, I was having sex with my girl. You know, <laughs> this is like, I'm, this is me fast forwarding just because it just keeps going on and on. I'll try to find the hook here. Helen, I'm dying for dick. This is like, this is the worst song of. I don't know what I'd be more embarrassed about. But this is pretty much what I expected when That's you said I'm a star as a rapper. This is exactly what I expected. Talk about, comes out, oh, I'm dying for your dick. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's got to be just all-time embarrassment for the father. Uh, you know, not only is your daughter getting into porno, but now she's she's thinking she's going to supplement her career by getting into, into recording. Oh, my God, the, the music's so awful. How can you not find... At least a uh, at least a decent beat. Well, this, and this is shows that, that that when he was making all those Matrix movies that you know he maybe should have been home being a fucking dad <laughs> right. to his daughter. Right. I mean, yeah. Nah, I guess, I'm glad he made the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, well, Logan, the first one. Yeah, Logan the doesn't care. Were terrible. Yeah, just, at least the first one. Yeah. No, and it's just it, it's a tough position for the dad. I mean, what are you gonna do? She's 19. She can't she can't be stopped. I guess. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all right, here's another quote-unquote uh, video. Let's see here. Or another uh, rap song. Whoa. I'm excited. This one's actually somehow worse, if that's possible. <laughs> down to play, freaky ways. She got that snapback, have your ass in a day. Ah. Yeah, man, yeah, man, she bad as shit. Oh, mama dope, baby fly, shorty dick. Have a nigga lost, catch him off guard. Oh man, like oh this this God. guy thinks that like someone's gonna hear like Dr. Dre's gonna watch this porno and be like, oh man, sign this guy today. Who's doing who's doing the music on this this sex flick right here? <laughs> oh my God, that's awful. I I usually listen to my porn on mute so my girlfriend doesn't wake up. So I don't know right. what I would never hear that song. There's gotta be some dude out there that's like a collection of these. There's some, CDs. there's some weird, yeah. People, a lot of porn stars try to be musicians. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of a lot of fetishes, but that rap music, shitty rap music, isn't one I've heard. <laughs> well, speaking of, um, speaking of sex maniacs, Dave Letterman, recently on his program, <clears throat> you know, they do a lot of stunts with different people on the show, the Dave Letterman show. One of the stunts that they did recently was they had a parallel parking <laughs> competition between two people. One was a, uh, you know, one was a guy intern. And another was a girl intern. And, and see see if you guys, uh, I'll play you the clip. See if you can catch a little little Freudian slip here by Mr. Dave Letterman. All right, hold on. <laughs> Dave is a sex machine. I mean, he, uh, the way he handled that whole sex scandal was the way to do it, though. He just came out and was like, yeah, I did it. So what? 
All right. I'm oh. a fucking man. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, I don't think that's exactly what he did. <laughs> that was, was pretty close. much. I mean, he apologized. But he was like, look, man, yeah. I've had sex with a lot of people here. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Biff you know comes I mean? out. No, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I can't play the clip. The clip uh, timed out or something. But essentially, he, the girl was uh, uh. parallel parking, and he goes... All right. Uh, hey, your name's uh, Zoe. Blah blah blah. Are you from Indiana? Okay. Hey, how's it going? All right, Stephanie. Uh, there you go, Stephanie. Keep driving. He ca- he called her Stephanie, and Stephanie, of course, was the intern that um <laughs> that he uh that he had hooked up with. Yeah. yeah. So a little, little Freudian oh. slip by Mr. Dave Letterman. All right. Well, we got a couple things to get to. My parents keep texting me. They, you know, it, Dad, if you want to call in, call in. It's distracting to keep texting <laughs> the me real jokes. real Tom Green. Yeah, if you, want, if you want to call into the show, feel free to give us a call at any point in the show. I, uh, I get a lot of texts. Uh, you know, texting's the way to go. But it is pretty funny. I, um, I've had my same phone number for like four years. <laughs> and I still get texts from the guy who had the phone before me. And his name is Shane. And I still get texts. Uh... Hey, Shane, what's up? When are we going to play tennis again? I guess this guy, Shane, changed his number four years ago and never told people. And what's weird is you haven't heard from Shane in four years. Yeah. Why are you still trying to text You're Shane? You're so buddy-buddy with him. I got this text the other day. And it's it's weird having this. You know, when, when someone calls the wrong number, you pick up. They recognize it's not the right voice. You say, oh, sorry, wrong number. It's a weird thing to have over text. So I got this text uh, three days ago. Sugar Shane, what's happening, brother? I'll be in L.A. next week. Hope all is well. Let's hang out. I wrote back, uh, my name's Sean. I think you have the wrong number. I don't know who you're talking about. This is Lee, you chump. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) Lee. I don't know what's going on. It must be the old number. Shane, don't give me your bullshit, mate. (laughs) It's like the guy (laughs) refuses to believe it's not me. Or, I mean, it's not Shane. That's awesome. Poor dude. But he's never gonna. He's gonna link up with his homie. He's gonna come out here and be like, "Hey, man, that guy's." That he's guy's gonna Shane's go to his dick. friend's old house <laughs> and just hang out with some random guy. Shane, it's me. It's me, dude. I'm a I'm woman. Not Shane. I, I am not a woman. I'm actually a man. Sounds like Shane's really good at tennis because I get a lot of like, "All right, when's our match?" A lot, a lot of stuff about tennis. I'm sorry for him. Well, it's Shane's loss. Speaking of loss, we all experience loss and tragedy. Not almost uh, nine years ago, with the 9/11, the twin towers coming down, and now there's a uh, there's a big debate on whether or not a, I guess there's already a little small mosque built there, and now there's a huge debate as to whether or not you should allow them to build this giant mosque. They want to build this huge, and they're building it as a they're building it as a multicultural ethnic center, but you know it's also going to be primarily a mosque. So now there's this huge showdown between. The 9/11 victims' families who say like, "Oh, this is really off taste." Like literally, this building that you're building it on or building up was damaged from 9/11, and you want to put a mosque in there. You know, I, obviously, you can see why they'd be sensitive about that. So here's uh, here's Russell Simmons, former uh, Run DMC guy. Oh, this this is who I really want to hear from. This <laughs> yeah, this is the he started Run DMC, and now now he's he's got a lot of stuff figured out. He's a Zen Buddhist himself. He's a pretty uh, mainstream well, something, organization. Maybe um, wrote an article that said that they thought the mosque shouldn't be built because of the suffering of the you know, the living who lost people there. You know, in in the 9/11 incident. But I think that was not, not as broad. Of, I mean, I didn't understand the, the, the context. You don't understand. How do you not understand that? 
people who lost people in 9/11. Okay, it's a mosque. All right, that might be a little sensitive. You don't you don't understand that. That's so disingenuous. I hate. It. I mean, just at least admit you see their point of view, but you yeah. disagree. You know. Context under which this cultural center, not mosque, is being built. It's about prayer from everyone. It's about tolerance. It's about promoting a a new um, um, statement statement because Americans are not. You know, to say Muslims didn't attack America. <laughs> right, but they were Muslim. They were all, the, the, Muslims, the entire re, the entire religion didn't attack, but the terrorists were Muslim. So you can see why some people might make that connection. Al Qaeda attacked America, and to to think that there's a there's a potential to fight the Muslim community or to keep aggravating the, the Muslim community and creating more sometimes people who are Muslim. See, I, I, this is what annoys me about the super left-wing point of view. You know, this whole idea that, oh, if you don't let them do whatever they want, you're just you're creating more terrorists. Okay, that all right. You have an argument for creating more terrorists when we're over there killing civilians. I don't, I don't think we're creating more extremist people by saying, hey, as a zoning issue or as just okay, let's keep <laughs> this area a landmark area and maybe you take your mosque elsewhere. Uh, okay, you want to talk constitution? We'll talk constitution. Yes, you have the freedom of religion to practice however you want it. And yes, I have the freedom of speech to say that this is a bad idea. This is poor placement. <laughs> yeah. You're a shithead to want to build a mosque yeah. right there. You, you know, you're you're a religion of peace, right? Why don't you pick a more peaceful location than right next? What as a PR move? Why don't you try to do something besides stir up and create controversy? You can't tell me in all good faith that when they decided, hey, uh, just uh, rack my head. Uh, where can I build this giant mosque? Uh, let's see, uh, anywhere in the entire <laughs> country. Oh yeah, yeah. Why don't I? Uh, good, good idea, Logan. Wait, why would anyone have? Why would? It, well, why would you be weird about that? Yeah, what's the problem? It's like, all right, it's one of those things where, yes, legally you're entitled to do that. Legally you're protected by that, by the Constitution. And God bless the Constitution. But come on, how about some decorum? Just from a PR standpoint, why are you trying to make – you want to promote tolerance, say, hey, we realize that what these people did was horrific and awful. And we're not going to we're not gonna put the that same religion right in your face. We're going to maybe – Build it a little down the street and go out of our way to remind you that these people didn't speak for our religion. These aren't the people that that are representing of our beliefs. I think the biggest thing is it's been nine years. Build something. Do you know what I mean? Put a KFC there. I'd be happy with <laughs> yeah. that. Just a giant KFC. Yeah. Double down. Because that, that's America. Fried chicken. Right, damn exactly. It, damn it, that's America. From right. the double towers to the double, double down, down KFC. Ugh. Just have two big giant fillets of fried chicken. <laughs> two towers yeah. of bacon and cheese stacked upon oh, this. Oh, man. Would I be there praying every day? Yes, I would. <laughs> Do feel Praying at the altar of the colonel. <laughs> uh, they've been targeted. Sometimes hurt people will hurt people. And if you keep intimidating the community, more people will come out of the ranks of... First off, the, hurt, hurt people, people will hurt, will hurt people. people. I, I, It's just feeding into this mindset that we did something wrong. The, the reason they did that is because we support Israel. They hate Israel. Okay, they're extremist Muslims. They hate that we're... You know, that we support Israel and other interests in the Middle East. And they did this as a message of terror against us. And they're brainwashed people. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's, it had nothing to do about where you place a community center and, oh, okay, hey, may, maybe we place a community center right on – why don't we just build it on directly on top of Ground Zero and just put up all this Muslim stuff? You think people in Iraq or Afghanistan, the terrorists, are like, guys, wait, every call everything off. You take that vest off. We're not going to kill people. They let us build that cultural yeah, center yeah. there. Tolerance is moving up. So what we should do is we should go to Iraq and wherever else we bomb and put up like a McDonald's wherever the <laughs> fuck we bomb. Like, oh, guess what? You have a shit ton of McDonald's now. Well, Co- we probably did do that, but. Call me old-fashioned, <laughs> but in my mind, tolerance is meeting someone halfway. Okay, your religious beliefs say that you want to have a veil over your face and have that on your driver's license and it's a huge pain in the ass and whatever. We accommodate you. You can have a, you know, we we do so much to accommodate so, so much, uh, you know, everyone has so much religious freedom in this country, and that is great. But as you know, you want to talk tolerance. Why don't you meet the rest of the country halfway and say, okay, we realize that you might be sensitive in that, so we're gonna pill, we're gonna decide on another place. Just have some tact. We're yeah, exactly. People. Tacky. All right. Terrible. Well, I got off my soapbox. Now a little uh, light fare to round it out. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it all all super serious. NFL season's coming up, and we all know Chris Berman, greatest NFL highlight man of all time. He actually made it into the Hall of Fame. It's pretty funny. Some blogger posted, it was like, Jerry Rice's Hall of Fame speech, 8 minutes. Emmett Smith's Hall of Fame speech, 23 minutes. Chris Berman, who got inducted into the Hall of Fame in the broadcasting category, 28 minutes speech. <laughs> um, I don't have any clips from Chris Berman's speech because it's typical Chris Berman. It's the Chris Berman you know and love. But I do have... Another clip, uh, clip from Chris Berman, and uh, this is the same. I played this other. It's from the same uh, group of clips where he was talking about uh, smuggling codeine in from Canada and stuff like that. It's a Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football where the the cameras are still rolling and he has no idea. This is this is him kind of a this is a romantic side of Chris Berman you don't <laughs> normally see. This is Chris Berman doing a little flirting. Look at Rebecca. <laughs> oh, it's our last one. And as someone who does TV or stuff like that, this is your worst nightmare that these guys yeah. keep the cameras running while you're while you're trying to hit on some production if assistant. You, if you have that mic on, always expect that it's hot. You know I, I mean? know. I just found out. You're bummed, huh? I'm not. Oh wait, we're gonna finish this. Almost done. How are you? How was Chris? Well, I mean. <laughs> she was Jewish, and he just asked her how Christmas was, but he, it's uh, not well, gonna stop Chris I mean, Berman. Uh, the wine was good. And you, did you think of me when you drank it? Oh, Berman, you dog. Did you use the uh, wine bottle afterwards to pleasure yourself? <laughs> it went well with sushi. Because it's pretty clean. It's not a Chardonnay with, with a lot of bite, which, by the way, some Chardonnay with bite is fine, but it's a pretty cl- No, it's a pretty clean... You, you, and it's not that expensive. It's way beyond what it what it costs. Right. Oh, but it was wonderful. It's hard to find here. In California, you can find a lot. It was really. It's not a Napa. It's a Santa Barbara. <laughs> this is so funny. Chris Berman going off yeah. on wine. Barbara, which is not. It's a clean white, so it, it's not going to screw up yeah. a lot of. It, it's clean. It went very, very Good. Well Glad you enjoyed it. Oh, I did. <laughs> All right. I hope I'm there the next time you have the bottle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, you know where to find me. Oh, he's getting brave, yeah. <laughs> he's going at it, man. He's going at it. He's not afraid. He's not afraid to share his feelings. What with the, the audio didn't show is that his dick was out the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Just he put it out there. Chris Berman <laughs> works hard. He plays hard. Oh man, 
don't know. Did you guys see this? Justin Bieber getting hit with a water bottle. The audio's. <laughs> Uh, the audio says it all. But yeah, I just wanted to see everybody because I love you guys. But <laughs> what? That didn't feel good. I don't know why she just threw that at me. Justin Bieber has trouble wrapping his brain around this. Like, wait, what does pain <laughs> what feel happened? like? <laughs> I've never experienced Seriously. bad things in my life. What's going but, on? Yeah, I just wanted to see everybody because I love you guys. But uh, <laughs> and God Ow. bless. Ow. That didn't feel good. I don't know why she just threw that at me. <laughs> that poor kid can't help but be a douchebag because he's never had a bully. Right. Ba- but yeah, he's, he's never, never had, a, had bully. a bully. But that perfect timing for the person throwing the water ball right after, hey, I just love you guys. Bam. It's like right on key. They hit him with the water bottle. And to, in Justin Bieber's defense, I don't know why they threw the water bottle either. I know why someone would want to throw a water bottle at Justin Bieber, but I don't know anyone who would pay $300 to go to a Justin Bieber concert yeah. just to throw a water bottle at him. This has yeah. got to be an angry chaperone. There's no way that this is <laughs> someone who willingly went to a Justin Bieber concert. This has to be someone like, oh, my God, the wife and kids. Or I don't know. I don't know if a wife well, – maybe a wife's going to a Justin Bieber concert. <laughs> Goddamn kids want to watch a Justin Bieber. All right, I've had enough. <laughs> they don't sell beer at this Justin Bieber concert. Get to the songs, Chuck. kid. <laughs> enough talking to us. Dance, kid, dance. <laughs> oh, man. I was hoping to score by bringing my girlfriend here, but <laughs> damn it. Damn you, Bieber. Oh, that, kid, that kid in 10 years, though, is going to be a mess. It's going to be a I mess. I can't wait. Well, of course. He grew up in show business. It's eventually going to go horribly wrong for him. Un- unlike uh, Steve, what's his name? Slater. Slater. He's Steve gonna he's AC gonna be alright. AC Slater. He's gonna be okay. He's gonna be on JetBlue. He became an instant celebrity, but he's gonna be able to handle. He's gonna be able to handle the pressure. When? Man, where did the time go? Great show, guys. Great show. <laughs> yeah, fun times. Adam, uh, thanks for being on the program. Where can where can people check you out? Uh, check me out on uh, I guess Facebook, Twitter, Twitter at Legendary Adam. Follow me there. Check him out. Also, like to mention, I'll be doing 12 Shiny Nickels. It's at the Fake Gallery Friday night, 11 o'clock. Great show. Logan, you want to uh, wrap it up with a haiku? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Jet Blue Stewardess. Hurt people will hurt people. God bless Rex Ryan. <laughs> All right. Good out, Logan. I like I like how you bring God into that one. Very, very uh, apropos. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Green Room. We do it live here every Thursday, eight o'clock on LA Talk Radio. Hey, make sure you check out the uh, LA Talk Radio new iPhone app, so you can listen to the show live anywhere. You can listen to it in your car, wherever you can get an iPhone signal. So. Just uh, Google the app or um, look up in the app store, L.A. Talk Radio. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you tune in next week, Thursday, 8 o'clock, L.A. Talk Radio, Channel 1. Listening to the Green Room, folks. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe today. Also, be sure to check out my website, DocumentaryLabel.com. <laughs>